welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And Sveiki from me, Sam. Sveiki? Yeah. I am... we, we all know you know what that I was means. Say, I know where that one's from. Where did you learn that one, Sam? Um, Is it my wife, possibly? Maybe. We might have been messing about before we were, while you were setting up. Yes, I noticed. Yes. <laughs> uh, what does oh, it mean? you wait till I get my hands on the video. Yes. <laughs> what does it mean? Hello. And welcome. Where, where's it from? <laughs> Latvia. Okay, good. That's, uh, you've kind of used that one now. Yeah. That, that could have been your emergency one that you could take. No, Although, it's fine. She can teach me many different ones. You'll it's probably fine. know it in a few other languages, actually, yeah. as well. But, okay, so you've stuck to Europe again. Because you, you did a time where yeah, you went away from... Yeah, quite far. That, that's... Uh, well, east... Well... Yeah. Uh, Latvia consider themselves to be part of Northern Europe because of where their position is. Okay. Uh, and their history of being connected to Sweden quite closely because they were a trading port. Um, in the UK, a lot of the time, they're just classed as Eastern Europe. Yeah. So maybe well, they are. They are in the east of Europe. They're definitely in the east, but like like the Greeks probably would say they're not Eastern Europe. They're Southern Europe, even though they're as far yeah, east okay. apart from. <laughs> so yeah, it's just one of those. Anyway, way off the topic of our car podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming back and joining us, and we do have some actual car stuff which we didn't have too much of last week. Nothing Sam, wrong with Sam that. I'm just shrugging my shoulders <laughs> with that one. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about something that's a little bit more serious, and that is that we've had some news this week about car pollution figures and i'm saying specifically the word pollution because we've been aiming for the last say five or six years ever since dieselgate really yeah we've been aiming to reduce particulate uh, matter so particulates that come out of an exhaust and something has been there's been a study done and basically at the minute because car exhausts have become so clean over the last five years the the figure is so low they said if you were targeting targeting it like brand new cars had just been invented you wouldn't bother actually measuring it oh wow okay. and to the point i actually thought well i'll check that out yeah a brand new volkswagen golf petrol 1.5 petrol just your average bog standard golf you can go and buy from the you know volkswagen dealer yeah. it's recorded officially at zero grams of particulates really yeah because it there is a reading but it's below the 0.0, .0. Wow. Because it has okay. a obviously petrol engines don't release that many particulates anyway, and they all have petrol particulate filters. Yeah. However, one of the things that has come up, and I wasn't actually that aware of this. I knew there was something about it, and we've talked. So now you've talked. Uh, we've talked about brakes in a previous podcast. Yes. But tires and the effect tires have, and it is now quoted to be two thousand times more particulates coming out of a of a car's tire than a car's exhaust yeah you see that's mad when um, you i sort of we did actually share the article for this yeah on we did the facebook page yes and so hopefully you guys have read it. it it was something that got me really annoyed was because what they the study actually was saying and it was concentrating on heavier vehicles now we we know that there's the whole thing of uh, children being taken to school in four by fours and really this is yeah. evidence if you ever needed it that the car you should be driving if you are having to drive a child to school should be the the smallest lightest sort of family car that you can not a big heavy suv but even worse and we've talked about this again in a previous podcast sorry i'm just loading up the article yeah is uh electric vehicles and unfortunately because at the moment and this isn't to say that in the future it won't be changed electric vehicles i did a, a quick bit of calculation so a golf if you bought a brand new one today 1400 kilos in weight right an id3 1800 kilos that's 400 kilos heavier 
the the study was really concentrating on the idea that for every sort of hundred kilos you're adding to the weight of a car you're actually getting more particulates and the particulates as much as we should be worried about gases from exhaust for for other reasons and i don't really want to go into the whole global thing right now we breathe in particulates and when they get below a certain size then the, the health studies say look they get into the lungs they can get into the bloodstream and they are really bad and that's why dieselgate was so serious it wasn't just the companies were lying it's what they were lying about yeah which is is, if it's stuff to do with health yeah and especially if you're saying well uh, in a a city if you've got kids walking to school which they're all promoted to do i'll walk to school walk to school school." and then you've got two and a half ton electric cars and suvs passing them you've got a lot of more particulates coming off those tires that are being breathed in and so to me at this point i think there should be a pause and a step back and say at this very moment the best vehicle you could probably drive if you live in a city is not an ev no it's actually a small engine small petrol car yeah there's got know, smaller tires yes like a little one liter of the volkswagen up yeah i don't little... did you mention the um how much comes off them no because i was loading up this article i said 2000 times but i didn't have any i'll just of... quickly read out this sentence yeah so go on. you were wanting to get with what you were saying but said the test revealed that tyres produce more than one tonne of ultra-fine particles for each kilometre driven, meaning particles smaller than 23 nanometres, which obviously isn't a measurement that anybody's probably going to be um, familiar with. But, um, yeah, that's it for that, sorry. Yeah, because that's the thing. They were saying those, what was it, ultra-fine? Yes, that's ultra-fine particles, but one tonne yeah. per kilometre. Per kilometre. I mean, it's huge. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and when you start to add that up and you start to say, well, this is where I feel that sometimes we're getting given answers which are not really answers and we'll only find out in 10 years when someone says, okay, we've all gone full electric and people have done their bit, but actually, uh, you know... Weirdly, people are dying. There's we, loads we've more got the same health from, issue. Yeah. And they won't report the health issue. And this article, when we found it and Sam and I researched into it, it was not widely reported. Like That's what got me is that no one wants to talk yeah. out. And I mean, say, this, this took a while to find this article. It did. And and to then to the further research, I was trying to find this this particulate measurement. I could find NOx, that's the NOx measurement, yeah. because that was the one that people got up in arms about with Dieselgate, because that's where they were, I think, a hundred times worse. And then they said, okay, well, particulates are also through the roof. But if particulate matter is that high, and that's the thing, you know, we yeah, there's there's lots of debates, arguments, climate science this way and yeah. that way. We're not going to get into that. We're just going to talk about this from the most basic human health. If you're releasing something off a vehicle and it's getting worse with weight, then actually Colin Chapman was right, wasn't he? We should should all be driving around in Lotus Solisis. I just want to check that I've got the measurement right. So 1 TN would be 1 ton, yeah? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's fine. I was just checking because it just seemed like a lot. No, but then you you think about it. Uh, For a per kilometre driven... What did you say? Per per kilometre driven. It said 1 TN, which is 1 ton, isn't it? Yeah, so it can't be that because they don't weigh a ton in. Yeah, that's what, that's what I, I was they thinking. must be talking for. An, for I think the, maybe it was the the group of tests they were doing. Yeah, well, they're probably talking about the whole all all cars. Yeah, thing getting that sort of figure. Just out. quickly, they said uh, a bewildering amount of material being released into the environment: three hundred thousand tons of tire rubber in the UK and US just from cars and vans every year. I mean, to me, so that's not lorries as well. No, no, yeah, so you think about even what, heavier. What's coming off a lorry? It's yeah. got bigger tires and it's a lot heavier. But I think the big concern for me is that at the moment we're on this huge drive to go EV, and at the moment electric vehicles do weigh a lot more. It's not a small amount more; it's a lot more. Yeah, well, they have to. They have to because they've got to carry batteries, and we're not at a point yet. Now, and that's not to say 
that they won't get there. But that's where, to me, you take a step back and say, if the best thing, say when they measured petrol vehicles and they said, well, from a pollution standpoint, they have all these different particulate filters, the actual CO2 measurement is coming down and down and down and down. And it's not to sort of fight this out of electric versus petrol. But if you're doing it from a health concern, and bearing in mind we're talking about you know, everyone, not just the figure that you pay on your tax. Yeah. That's what got me on this one. And I thought, no, no, this has to be brought up and this has to be brought to people's attention because we are just going to buy, you know, people are going to innocently buy their next vehicle as an electric car that weighs a lot more and they're not going to think about it. And then in 10 years, just like happened with diesel, 10 years ago, everyone was told buy a diesel. Yeah. 10 years later, oh, you did all these, you know, you created all this pollution because you bought a diesel. Well, it's time to get to an honest answer with it. And the other thing to me is if we're going to try and clean the air up as much as possible in the cities, and we talked about this before, a hybrid. Yeah. That seems to keep coming up. You know, when you think of the Toyota Prius, it has a small battery. It runs constantly on and off its battery, on and off its battery. Every time you need the engine, it comes in. It cuts, pollu- it cuts the, the greenhouse gases, the stuff people worry about for the environment. Yeah. It also, you know, because you've got this relatively small petrol engine, barely releasing any particulates from the engine, so it's cleaning, this, this to me is where, and it doesn't cost a huge amount more like a lot of EVs are having to at the moment because they've got such new tech and rare earth materials. So I think this is a real show of EVs could actually be worse for, for health oh, yeah. at the especially, moment. Yeah. Especially if, if we accept the fact at the moment, let's face it, most people, I gave the example of an ID3 versus a Golf. Yeah. We've talked about on our podcast several different uh, electric vehicles that were way over two tons oh yeah and so over if you're BMW. <laughs> yes so if you're getting up a hundred ki- you know every every hundred kilos you're increasing that figure more and more and you're taking 300 kilos more 500 kilos more 700 kilos more i've got an interesting oh go on quick paragraph from the article here if you want so used tires produce 36 milligrams of particles per kilometer so 36 milligrams per kilometer uh, 1,850 times higher than the 0.02 milligrams per kilometre average from exhaust. However, a very aggressive, although legal, driving style sent particle emissions soaring to 5,760 milligrams per kilometre. Yes, I saw that. So that's from 36 yeah. to 5,760. Do you know and how many people have an aggressive driving style when yeah. they're driving down the Particularly road? Particularly in a city where they're just sort of ju- jumping in and yeah. out of... Uh, you or know, you're racing from light to light. Yeah, yeah. And... The other thing that really annoyed me uh, about this was that instead of sort of really getting this out there, the people, the professionals around it and the professors that were talking kept kept jutting this uh, it's just nonsense i don't i don't know how to say it as anything else that it's fine from electric cars because in the next two years they'll weigh the same as petrol cars it's absolutely not true <laughs> exactly there is no H- technology. how are you going to achieve that there's no technology i'm aware of there is no technology i've heard of and there's no battery range i've heard of being achieved per kilowatt hour for a battery pack that could get anywhere near the weight down well, of course it's not to a petrol car of today that that to me is this classic well, there's a problem, and uh, I really don't want to knock. A pot- you know, yeah, so look, let's just say we're sorting it. Yeah, look, look, you and I are honest about it. We've we've talked about and reviewed electric cars before, and that electric van, for example, that we reviewed. Yeah, I thought and that was we, great. Yeah, and we've said, <laughs> oh, this is a great vehicle. But at the same time, I'm not willing to, to talk to people on a podcast and tell them, oh, you should go and do this and buy this, only you know. for them five years later to say, you told me this was a good idea, and I've just been told I've been poisoning the air even worse than in my little petrol car because i went and bought something that weighed another 
500 kilos or a ton more. I think I think the thing that you want to get across is that honesty is just what we're asking for. Yeah. It's not difficult. Yeah. People, will accept, health, people accept problems. Know. Yeah, yeah, they will. If you're honest. Say, so look, this is an issue. Look, sorry, we didn't bring it up. We've all, you know, we've, it's only just really come to light, but we are working on a solution for it. That's all we need to hear. If you, if you know there's something being, instead of, well, we're going to take, you know, we'll take money for it, we'll take investment for it, we'll come up with an answer, and then you hear, you know, oh, actually, yes, we got rid of the problem you heard about, <laughs> yeah. which is what's happened. You yeah. know, they've said, okay, look, there's no more tailpipe emissions. Okay, well, where, you know, is there a, can we look at the whole EV set for the whole world and say that if we all went electric, it, oh, well, no, not at the minute, that wouldn't bring the number down to what we're aiming for. Okay. Can we have a different answer? Yeah, we've got other answers as well, but also we should probably add in we're aware of other problems. Yeah. And that lays the whole problem bare. Instead of just focusing on one issue, and this is what happened with diesel. CO2 yes. was the, the key focal point. And so all the governments around, well, most of the world said, right, I'm going to get the CO2 figure down. And so car, car manufacturers said, huh, we can fit a diesel engine. Mm. That gets the CO2 figure down. We can say we're green. I mean, I remember green adverts about diesel. You know, oh, this is yeah. a, this is the you know the better way to travel. And then you find out, no, it's not. You know, it it just feels to me like have an answer. Don't lie to people. If you become aware of stuff, don't try and gloss it. That's what really frustrated me was all the stuff I then read about this afterwards. People were glossing it. Oh yeah. well, it's not really a problem. It's only a problem today. It won't be a problem in a week or a month or a year. Yeah, it, is, like, it is still going to be a problem. If, if you and I are not aware of any technology that's coming tomorrow or next week that's going to bring uh, vehicle weights the same, then I would suggest it probably doesn't exist. And I know manufacturers have said for a long time, they said, oh, yeah, we could bring the weight right down. We'd have to get more uh, miles per kilowatt hour right. from each. You know, so it's a 50 kilowatt hour battery pack. It weighs less. If you can get 10 miles per kilowatt hour, that's 500 miles of range. At the minute, what they do is they put in like the Hummer that we, yeah. we spoke about. It weighs four tons, genuinely, <laughs> because yeah. it has, I think, it's something like 200 cells of battery. So basically like 200 kilowatt hours. Jesus. But that gives it enough you know, acceptable range. Yeah, but that's not the answer. It's the answer they've come up with. Well, yeah, it's, it's, the, imme the, it's the immediate answer. It's the immediate answer. And then you hear... Yeah, but that thing weighs four tons. Can you imagine how many particulates that's throwing off its tires? Imagine so, if you drive that aggressively, what are yeah. you up to then? You're just going to kill people instantly as you go past them in the street. People will be suffocating it's, while you drive past. It's crazy. It, and, and again, you'd think the answer would be manufacturers say, okay, we could probably work with the tire companies to get different compounds introduced and see if we can make it friendlier. Yeah. And friendlier. And fr We're never going to get to zero. You know, brake uh, discs they had used to have, is it brake pads, sorry, used to have asbestos. Mm -hmm. Now they don't. We got to an answer. And if you work at it long enough, you will get that. I mean, but we still have brake dust. We still have particulates coming yeah, off, of course you, off the brakes. Never going to get it to zero. But we just want to reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. Yeah. There'll you be a tolerance do the best level. You can. Yeah, exactly. There'll be a tolerance level for, for people to exist with. And so it just, that yeah, frustrated me. That really, when I read it and I thought, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's something, you know, that, that will be resolved and maybe they'll have an answer. And the answer was basically, Oh, don't blame it on electric cars. That's not the problem. They, yes, they weigh a lot more, but they won't next year. And you're thinking, well, yes, they will. Because all the new electric cars that you and I are reporting on. Yeah. I mean, if you think they've got a five-year life, they all weigh a lot more. Not a little bit more, a lot. 
yeah. can't think of a single EV. I'm trying to think of any that could say, yes, we've released this EV and it weighs exactly the same as a petrol. No, I don't think there is going to be any at the moment, is there? Again, it makes me say, well, why don't we just look at hybrid? Like, if you can fit a small battery pack to a hybrid yeah. and add 50 kilos of weight, that means it's a bit heavier, but not a lot. You get the, you know, you get the miles without the exhaust pumping out yeah. any fumes. And usually you'll get them in towns and cities because that's where electric is actually at its best. Yeah. It's not very good when it's on. Well, like when I was in Amsterdam the other day, I told you, we saw, I saw so many hybrids that were just going around on the battery power. Yeah. They were obviously hybrids because they, they had, say, 30, 40 miles of yeah. range and they were just doing that around the town. And then when they go off later and do, I don't know, journey home 50 miles or whatever, they yeah, can do that. Different. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? They say uh, there's been a, several reports on, you know, Mustang Mark E. That van, actually, well, I, do you remember we talked about the van that had 180 miles of range? We drove it. Yeah. It did. It, it was actually pretty good for its promise. And then I learned afterwards that if we had been solely driving on a motorway at just over the speed limit, about at 75, 80, its range would have dropped something like 100 miles. Yeah, it's just not No, it's, it's designed, not good enough. <laughs> it's designed to do what a petrol engine isn't, which is stop starting around a city. Yeah. So you'd think you have two answers that fit really nicely when you put them together. And yet, here we are, sort of, uh, car manufacturers being sort of, oh yeah, we'll do hybrid, we'll do hybrid. And it's only really Toyota that I've heard strongly talk out against hybrid. I don't know if there's any that you can think of, Sam. No, I don't think so. Sorry, not against, sorry. They're the only ones really pushing for for, for hybrid um, or for hydrogen combustion or other other answers. So uh, I'm going to just turn off. We've got a very large light in our studio. (laughs) <laughs> which uh, gets Sam sweating, <laughs> and because we were doing that, we're doing bits of it for the for for yeah. uh, for video. That bit we said, oh, we'll probably put that on video. We'll see how it comes out afterwards. But I am going to reach over and turn the light off, Sam. Yeah, yeah. if you want to do that, <laughs> rather than talking about it, <laughs> so that that to cool you down a little bit. Very good. Which means the video stopped. Which means I can fan myself for a minute. Yeah, yeah, down, the video stopped. Get myself down to room temperature. Yeah. <laughs> now. There were a few other things on this podcast I want to talk about. I just want to check, Sam, there's no other cars that you wanted to talk about, reviews, anything else like that? Uh, Not off the top of my head, but if you go ahead with the next thing, I'll think just in case I've got something that I've forgotten about. No, that's fine. Um, Cupra. We've talked about them several times. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to turn my iPad so you can have a little look at it, Sam. They've reported on this about three weeks ago. There was sort of talk of this car. Sorry, have I not turned my... There we go. No, I thought, you know, with all your jazzy Apple products, you could have zinged it across to this iPad that I've got in front of me. Yeah, I could, but I didn't know you were turning up with an iPad. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have connected them. They, oh, that's they... quite cool. It looks a bit like a um, Yaris. Yes, so this is called the Cupra Urban Rebel. Ooh. Why do they have to keep... Why can't they just call it something reasonably normal? It's bizarre, isn't Why it? Why does it have to be an Urban Rebel? All the EV cars that we've talked about, apart from a few... Oh, that's, that's unfair. There are a few that haven't done this but a lot of them have these weird names and you think yeah i don't really need a weird name i just need something that works pretty well i don't mind id3 no no that makes sense and they have id4 and they have id5 now and it which is sort sort of of like an x5 or an x3 or or anything along those lines but when we're looking at what else have we got the leaf leaf was the first one yeah there's a what did renault do renault did one that was called something similar the wind was it wind Uh, twizzy twizzy was there yeah. one called The Wind? I think I think you are actually right. I think there was one called The Wind. But um, What's w- with the odd names? Like, it doesn't seem very necessary. I can only think that there's a bunch of engineers doing some very hard work somewhere. Yeah. And then there's some people in marketing who've said, 
Yeah. They just get a picture come across their desk and they have like a selection. They've got like a, a wheel. A wheel yes. of fortune. Yeah, wheel of fortune. Spinning. This one's called Urban Rebel. Yes. Cool. And Send that has, out. Done. It has to look something of nature, but also yes. city. We've got to get nature, those two in there. city, something that makes people feel like they're rebelling or being cool and edgy. And yep. The next one will be called the, I don't know, the City Edge. The City Edge. The oh, edge. there is a car that's called the, uh, the Ford doing Edge. Yes, they do. They do. Well, they did, at least. Okay. I think. Next car I want to talk about, Sam. And we'll, we'll the, try. the uh, Lotus Ferrari. Uh, the, the new Lotus Emira. If, you, if I hadn't seen the badge, I'd have guessed you'd, Ferrari. You'd Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, they did release it. Their, their press stuff was all in red. So oh, yeah. That's what they're going course. for. <laughs> this is the last, as they're reporting it. Okay. And I, I right. don't know. I think they're probably being quite genuine about it, but I'm not 100%. This is the last ever petrol-powered Lotus. I, okay. Or combustion, I should say, because yeah. they're intending to go full EV after this. They did the Avaya, 2,000 okay, yeah, yeah. horsepower of EV for like 3 million quid that no one... I don't know about our listeners, and please do let us know um, what you think, but a 3 million quid car, it just doesn't interest me. You know when you... Well, it's just not attainable, is it? I mean, no. I, know, I know a lot of the cars that are in the hundreds of thousands aren't going to be attainable. I think... In the sense that you'd want... Sorry. Are you squeaking the desk again, Sam? No, I'm all good. I had to move a bit closer to the microphone, but then I crashed into... Uh... You... What did I crash into? I think I crashed into your toolbox. So, we, as, I, as we've said in it's the previous... People, people know we're human. No, no, it's no. fine. Oh, so as we said in the Well, you've had one... to do all this out. I'll seem like an idiot. As yes. Usual. <laughs> uh, as we said in the previous podcast, we've got a new studio. Yes. So Just the teething issues of a new yes, studio. Yes, so it's just getting the, the places right. And to be fair, I'm having to sit right crammed up against... Uh, the the sort of ed, edge yeah, of the desk. You look of... properly like shoved in. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I couldn't move. <laughs> yeah. In the previous one, I was like, I need to move up, and I'm just sliding off my seat yeah. slower and slower and slower. Yeah, I, I've got the freedom of the room to an extent. I did, and I adjusted. I even kindly adjusted the camera for him so that it was facing Dawn, uh, so that he got a good amount of camera. Because I'm kind. I of didn't like want saying, it. No, but you could like move... I asked for the extra camera. <laughs> you could move back, and I couldn't move at all, which yeah. I thought was fair. Um, you framed yourself all right, though. This, uh, so yeah, this is the new Lotus. It's going to be the last one they're going to do combustion power. It's, it's a bit of an oddity for me when a company says this. It's going to have a V6 from Toyota, so right, it's going to be you know reliable. But then I'm just trying to think if I'm trying to think actually the last Lotus that didn't have a Toyota engine in it. The elite, a lot of the Elises had. It's the Amira, Sam. If you're going to oh, put the Amira, E M I R. A. Yeah, I got it. And for anyone searching it, that's what it is. Lotus E M I R A. Um, yeah, it's a bit odder that they they've always sort of had Toyota trends. So people picked up on that. They said, "Oh, it should be reliable." And you're thinking, "Oh, pretty much all Lotuses, as far as I'm aware, have been." Yeah, you don't from often an see standpoint. them at the side of the road broken down. Do no, you? then you don't often see them. No, that's true. But, I mean, the ones you do them, see, a lot of them do get track, you know, track work and stuff like that, and they they don't. Have it very much looks like a beefed up Elise. Yeah, no, which is not a bad thing. They're as far as I'm aware, they're saying this is a new car. Mm, I would argue. I would. Do you know what's the um? What is the one they have that is above an Elise? Exige. Next one up from that. Don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of the name for it. The name just slipped my mind. Um, Avora. Oh, okay. The new Avora. To me, it looked like it had the, the underpinning of an Avora. But yeah, they they're not saying that, and that's fair enough. It's probably just their design language makes it look a little bit similar. But 
I wanted to pick it up just because they're saying it's the last combustion-powered Lotus. They're, to me, I'm not really sure where the brand goes from here. And it is kind of that yeah. point. Is it just the next chapter that they'll move on to after this? Difficult if you're going to go full EV with a company that just makes sports cars. Yeah. There's the obvious question of range. Yes. And there's the obvious because question of performance when, as well. When, when yeah. you're thrashing it around, great. The electric, you're going to have the instant acceleration yeah. that electrics have. But your range is going to drop dramatically when you're going around Brands Hatch. And it's not like uh, if you were to go and, say, put a few laps in around a racetrack in a, a any petrol-powered car, or yeah. diesel-powered, if, if you were so well inclined, uh, you would just go and fill up. Yeah. Whereas what you're going to do is sit at the side of the track for, for half five an hour. hours. Yeah, it's an... Charging. Even, even in the... They'll, they're going to put... I mean, I'm sure Lotus will do the fastest of fast charging you can do. And that is always an advantage. I think uh, Porsche... Just quickly, what engine did you say it's going to have in it? It's going to have a Toyota... I think it's three litre V6. So at the end of the year... Is this coming out this year? Yes. This is just... So this has just been released to the press as we do our podcast. As we've told listeners before... We do them about a week early. Right. Okay. So, so it would have been out a week or so. At the end of the year, a Mercedes AMG source turbocharged two litre four cylinder engine with 360 horsepower should follow. Oh, interesting. Ah, look at me reading a different article than you've got. <laughs> that is interesting that they would, they would put a. But it does say here about the 3.5 V6 from Toyota. Yeah, 400 horsepower, 4.3. Yeah. 60. So interesting that they're going to put in a smaller engine with less horsepower. I can only think they would do that. To offer, but to offer a lower spec model for a cheaper price, uh, um, you can't have that in manual. You can't. This have that will in only manual. have an eight-speed dual-clutch automatic. Yeah, well, I think I don't actually. I'm trying to think of any Mercedes right this minute that's offered in a manual at all. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to actually. I don't think they sell a single one. No. And can you think of even even a basic A-class now? I think is all automatic. Right. Okay. I'm just trying to think of any of their sports stuff, but I don't, I know I think they've completely given up on manuals you did you did the price didn't you uh i didn't i did power were you moving on to the price no you could do price okay uh priced from so this is from what do you, do you know have you got it in front of you i haven't got it guess? in front of me um i think it was in relative terms i mean you'll have a relative idea obviously because you've been reading up about it but... yeah uh i think in relative terms it was reasonable but i'm going to say seventy thousand pounds yeah seventy five nine nine five okay so it's sort of the same money as an um, entry-level Porsche 911. Yep. Uh, Made at their new fabricated, uh, sorry, now fabricated at their new facility in Norwich. Yeah, well, they've been out that way for a while. So they've, yeah. they've obviously new facility there. New, they've obviously yeah. updated it. The, the odd thing for me is, it's a Lotus. And, you know, I've told people on the podcast before about driving a, an Elise. Yeah. And, you know, it just had me in it. That, that, was, that was the spec. <laughs> Features of the car. You and a seat. <laughs> One driver. Yes. <laughs> this is going to have things like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto and all the sort of connectivity stuff, which I just, I completely understand why they're doing it. People buying a £76,000 uh, car, $100,000 probably if you're in the US, uh, same for Euros. They probably yeah, do yeah. want some connectivity. Oh, just, of course. It just seems odd to be talking about that when it comes to Lotus. Because Lotus are always the one for me where you really only talk about the yeah, suspension you don't, you don't geometry. Get to that. You're not going to sit and connect your phone to the car before you start driving. And no, you just look here, sir. We have the a other car. Of the stuff madam, that you do. You know, we have a car. It's yours. Yeah. Uh, this is the spec. 
Key. Off you go. Bye. Steering wheel. But what? Yeah. Uh, we'll go. We'll go swiftly on from there. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, we'll cover it off very quickly. So we talked about it previously, but Toyota have now officially said manual going in the three liter, not going in the two liter. So similar story to that Avaya. Oh, okay. If you want the entry one, you know, you can only have the paddle shifters. Uh, the standout point was that instead of using a manual gearbox from BMW, Toyota have either in I didn't quite get the full details from what they were saying, but it appears to me they're using their own. Eight-speed manual gearbox. Uh, eight-speed, six-speed manual okay. gearbox. So that's a bit of a step away from BMW that design. Yeah, I can only think they've done it in answer to the criticism they've received for it being too close to the Z4. Oh, so they okay. thought, well, yeah, who are they selling the manual to? The you know the real enthusiast driver, the person that didn't just sort of say, "Oh, Supra, that sounds cool." Yeah. That, you know, this, they, they, this is someone who sort of said, no, no, I want to buy a Toyota Supra and I want it with three pedals. So possibly then saying, well, you're also getting our gearbox, so it is more Toyota than it ever could be. Possibly. Um, but yeah, so that, that's out now. Other car news, and I'll, I'll play the game of guess the price. Okay. Uh, I'll show you a picture, actually. I had Sam. a car to talk about, but I've just literally just lost it. So okay, well, we can play I'll this. come back to it. Uh, the new multivan. Right, okay. The, the Volks- Yeah, we're taking a real swift turn of direction yeah. here. The new multivan from Volkswagen. How much is it, Sam? Um, really, I'm, I've lost if, my... If you're wondering what this is, sorry for anyone listening, uh, you can obviously can have a quick search, and it is just the, the multivan, and this is the MPV. Sort of the, I'll just show Sam a picture of the back of it as well. Okay, I am going to say... I see. I don't want to sound like an idiot. Sixty-two thousand pounds. Oh, okay. Well, it's no, it's cheaper than that. It's just shy of fifty. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if I'd gone too far. I thought I might have. Yeah. I, I just, I don't get when sort of large people moving vehicles became so expensive. Do you remember we talked about the Galaxy previously? Yeah. And we talked about we talked about the Volkswagen Shuttle, which. Do you know what? With that, I think the reason for that. Go on. Potentially, van life. Oh, you put those up on a previous podcast. I was no, only... but it would be though. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the that's the that's this, the apparatus that's going to be turned into it. But this is the multi, this is the MPV one. So you might look like you're van lifing, but this is the one with all seats. Yeah, but this people might the... choose to get it and take it out in the future, I guess. Yeah, and there will be one actually made for them, which will be the Caravelle. That yes, will be of course. The, yeah, yeah. The camping yeah. version. In fact, let me see. Can I get? No. So the Caravelle is still the previous. Well, it's ended production on the previous one. This new shape is uh is not quite in caravelle spec yet yeah but i don't i just i don't i don't get it i but if you need to move people around i don't think a lot of the time your priority is to spend a lot of money on the vehicle maybe i'm wrong but you just need a people mover you know if you're talking about an executive saloon then it's someone who says oh i want a bit of luxury and i need to move a family around yeah if you're talking about someone who buys a hot hatchback or a sports car they have all the considerations of speed and, you know, how does it feel and all that sort of stuff. So they're willing to pay for those uh, aspects of a vehicle. Yeah, of course When you're are, saying, yeah. I need to move eight people from where they are <laughs> to where just, they're going. Yeah. I just don't know where the... On like an airport transfer type. Yeah. Or even if you've drive. just got a large family. You know, if, you, if you're taking a couple, you know, you're, you're, a few older members of the family, let's say grandparents or whatever, along with you somewhere, camping holiday, whatever else, and you've got a few children, possibly you've got a sibling, and they're bringing their children. 
Yeah. You can fill eight seats pretty quickly and pretty easily. Um, where's £50,000 coming from? Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a very specific vehicle to have. It's like buying a tow vehicle. We've talked about this before as well. Saying, yeah. oh, I'm going to buy a vehicle to tow with because I tow twice a year. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you understand vehicles that are specific, like very good at towing, as in they have very high tow uh, capacity. Yeah. And very expensive. So do you think maybe just maybe it's something you just want to like you said just just rent it yeah just rent one for, for the, the two, two weeks yeah. you need it or if you can find something that's the middle ground fair enough um my uncle toes uh, with a bmw x i think he's actually got an x1 but he's got a diesel one that has a decent tow rating it doesn't have the heaviest of yeah, tow ratings okay. but if he wants to tow yeah. he can do but it's his vehicle and so it that sort of is in the middle to buy something that tows I don't know, three tons. You know, you're going to, to drive in that vehicle all the time just for that one specific thing. And it's the same for someone who's buying eight or nine seat vehicles. You're buying it for a purpose. When you walk in the showroom and someone says, oh, it's 50,000 pounds. Like, well, I just need to move people. I don't really need it to be particular. And it, from what I see of these vehicles, they're not particularly luxurious. They have specification you'd expect. You know, okay. the, the, the tech of today, CarPlay, um, connectivity yeah just the usual stuff that you would but want we're like, not talking about like you said not not want but expect like you said yeah you're not talking about massage seats <laughs> <laughs> you know, tvs yeah. mini bars exactly that you know so what was the car you had sam so i think you i mean you've probably seen it because it's something you do on a daily basis isn't it but the 2023 polestar 3 yeah that's been um i mean there's not a lot to talk about i just want to bring it up and just put it on people's radar and then stuff's it's going to be officially revealed in October. Yes. So are. we can talk about it more then. But it just flashed up in front of me and I just wanted to sort of bring it up. There's a couple of headline things for it. I mean, it's a striking car. I know you're just getting it up now. Yeah, I just want to know what it looks like. But So the range is the thing. So do you want to guess what their predicted range would be? Mm. What they're expecting to get to, I mean. What are they claiming the range? Oh, someone set a car alarm off outside. It would appear they might have. Okay, I, that is so loud. But unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to get that out of the... That's right, it's just a bit of background. Yeah, there know. we go, yeah. So for my guessing, we've got car alarm guess <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, well, I did say I wanted some jingles. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a sports SUV. Yeah. So we're not talking see. about a like a Cooper Born here. And what did you want, sorry, price or range? Uh, what you think the range? 280. So this is obviously their, what they're predicting to this get to. So it's not claim. just a what, it, it's not... Yeah, they're not putting it out there as a wild figure. They're okay. putting it out there as something reasonably realistic in their minds. Yeah. So they're saying three hundred and seventy. If it can do stunned silence yeah. descends on the studio. Uh, what's the size of the battery? Are they? Uh, I they haven't said yet. So no. this goes back to what you we got the with... pictures out there. So nice yeah, looking car. It is. It's a great looking car. Um, from a point, well, if you're looking at that size vehicle, all electric. I'm just trying to think what your options are. Uh, VW ID three, uh, sorry ID four, Audi e tron, even even ID five possibly Audi e tron the Q, which is the, the rival Q4. for this. That's what they're trying okay. to rival. Is that is it the Q four? Um, Tesla model. <laughs> I've just I've just found their battery, <laughs> the battery okay. specs. So in inverted commas, <laughs> targeted range of more than three hundred and seventy miles, as well as a large battery of unspecified but capacity. Unspecified, <laughs> yeah. That'll be straight out of that Hummer then. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's they sorry they they have said that they are aiming to start building 
in America and China in early 23. Building for those markets only or building it for Europe? It doesn't say whether it's building for Europe or building just for there. How bizarre. But that's where I guess that's where they where they're planning on building, obviously. I understand so. China because we've said before, Volvo is owned by a Chinese company. They are essentially a Swedish manufacturer. Yes. Yeah. It's a Chinese company. But because they're under the umbrella of this large, much larger firm. Yeah. But so they're gonna build in America, which I suppose I suppose there's a big market over there for EVs. Uh, had a, a friend of ours who's been going forwards and backwards there recently. Yeah. And uh, he was in Texas, I think, very recently. And he okay. was, I, I was surprised when he said Texas and he said he couldn't believe the number of Tesla and yeah, Etel. Yeah, you wouldn't expect him, uh, would you? Just rocking around. And I thought, well, maybe you were just in a particular area. And he said, no, no. He said it was, it was everywhere. And I was like, surely everyone is driving, as, as in my head, everyone is driving. Uh, every F one fifty Ford F one fifty truck oh, sure, King Ranch them. Did you? Yeah. Good on them. And they were they were they were street racing. Like they were pulling off the lights and they were swerving swerving in and out of traffic. If there was ever a time to try and make an impression, <laughs> Pol- <laughs> Polestar have got their um <laughs> their predicted global sales figures here, and it sounds like something from Dragon's Den. Oh right, okay. So Polestar ramps up to increase its global sales figures from twenty nine thousand units in twenty twenty one to blank. By the end of 2025. Blank. No, no. I, I'm, oh, you're, you're guessing. Sorry. <laughs> so what do you think? From 29,000 units last year to where they're going to be in 2025. I'm trying to think of some of those outlandish uh, Dragon's Den where they walk in. It's, uh, that's... I mean, you might not think it's outlandish. It is to me. Dragon's Den for the UK. Uh, I think Dragon's Den is around in Oz as well. Or no, they, I think they have Shark Tank. Okay. Because it's the same in the US, it's Shark Tank. But yeah, you, tank. Get, you get the, the idea. It's where you go and pitch business. Yeah, yeah. You just pitch a business idea. Just want it, just in case. I know we have listeners yeah, around course, the world, yeah. and if any of them hadn't heard of it, um, given the equivalent, I, I know that there's some absolutely outlandish claims. Like, I sold 50 last week, and I'm going to sell 10 million by next year. It's not that bad. No. <laughs> uh, they t- sold, sorry, 29,000. 29,000. And by 2025. Per year. Yeah. Um, eighty thousand, two hundred and ninety thousand. That's insanity. <laughs> That's insanity. Well, did, did you? Do we have a price? Do we have a? Uh, it hasn't. No, uh, no, it's that far out. No, I, I guess yeah, it's, it's that far. They haven't got anything to do. That, like I said to you, there's not too much on it at the moment. Where but I just want to like, sort of fire it across people's bowels. Unless they are selling this for twenty five thousand pounds, I just want to know during what is increasingly looking like a financial crunch if yeah. not a you know recession or whatever else that in a year's time they're going to find three hundred thousand people who have got uh, you know who oh well, no gonna... let's not let's let's be fair they only need to find realistically 260 odd thousand people more more yes yeah okay that's fair so time. i think you've been wholly unfair it's yes. massively achievable now <laughs> it's only 10 times the number they're selling at the moment yeah put it that way but I, it's just where are these customers crawling out the woodwork to go and buy that vehicle? Bearing in mind, there's a lot of competition, so it's not like they're the no. only ones out there. But no, no competition. This no is com- going to blow oh. them all out the water. The only one that's got uh, long range. Maybe so... all the other ones will stop selling cars. Yeah, quite possibly. Will be, they'll be the only ones in the How market. are you to know? They obviously just, know more than you. I just, I just, It just baffles me. I understand when... And I'm only coming at this from a point of view of someone who still has contact. You know, I still work in the automotive industry, just in the media side. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot of sort of friends, people that I know, that sold cars that work in the automotive industry. If I said to one of them, oh, well, you know, do you reckon you could sell 10 times the number of 
X car in the next three or four years. Yeah. They'd laugh at me. <laughs> they're, they're, they're desperately trying to hold on to the same sales figures as they're already achieving. And that's not to say Vol uh, sorry, Polestar couldn't steal some customers from other manufacturers who, you know, possibly at the moment they're buying, I don't know, a BMW X3. They're buying, oh, I'm trying to think of ones that are not offered in electric because the X3 is offered in electric. Um, Mercedes GLC, the new one. Uh -huh. That's the best selling GLC or the GLE? Sorry, I wrote an article on this the other day, not for the miles driven. Uh, Meanwhile, while you're finding out, yeah, I can talk just... about Lincoln Co.'s new futuristic hybrid concept car. Go on then. <laughs> no? Uh, I just want to... What do you reckon the range is for this? So obviously, we spoke about Lincoln Co. last week. Oh, sorry, Lincoln. Do you know what? When you said it, I thought you meant Lincoln. Do you remember the American no, no, no. car oh, manufacturer right, yeah. Lincoln? No, no, this is Lincoln Co. The one we, the one that I saw. Sorry, when I they're was making away. a sports car, aren't they? Yes, with a range right. of. Hold on to your breath, viewers, because I'm just it's a hype listeners. Oh, okay. The GLC was the car I was going to bring up. Oh yeah, sorry. A similar price, and they're not offering. that. I was filling, and I took it to an interesting yes. story. <laughs> they're not offering that in all electric, so I'm just assuming they're going to because that's the best-selling Mercedes around the world. Okay. The GLC, which is like the, the sort of the smaller yeah. SUV. Uh, but they're going to go petrol, diesel, everything's going to be hybrid, whether it's mild or full hybrid. Okay. Uh, or plug-in hybrid, whatever else you want, however you want to put it. So I just wanted to say, unless they're stealing all of their customers, which I doubt, because there's a lot of people that really like this car. Anyway, we can go on to your, your well, thing. It's a hybrid with 93 miles on all-electric on all power. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> See, you thought that's really low, then thought, actually, no, that's really high. <laughs> 93 miles. On all electric power, and this on, is a, on hybrid. a hybrid. Yeah. So I thought you, were, I thought that was an EV. Yeah. You were so did I. About. That's and why I, I was about to say <laughs> that's rubbish. But actually, ninety-three miles. Okay. But miles. Look at the doors. Wow. This is not getting made. No, of course, <laughs> of course it's not. But if you want to have a look, guys, just go on to. I guess you could just type in Lincoln Co. Um, hybrid sports car, and I'm sure it will come up on Google. It's got some great. We're going back to like concept cars of old. Yeah, there is a where the thing that will come out will look nothing like this. It will look like an Audi A8. I can tell you, there's a, there was a story done on Auto Express for this car. So go and oh, check okay. it out there. Um, not, I'm, not, on, I'm on Auto Car. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know you are. So I'm just putting the listeners in a different direction. <laughs> um, no, the, that that would be beautiful looking car though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry to people who who are just listening and they can't see it. The front doors are the they're not lamborghini doors they they sort of swing up yeah. they are the doors that would be fitted to a mclaren yeah it's not, are they gold wing doors Is that no because gold wings are hinged at the top and they open out like from the top yeah upwards. these are hinged at the top but oh, they're, no. they're sort of opening um sort of yeah, diagonally forwards effectively forwards yeah. and, and up yeah uh, but not like a Lamborghini door, sort of outwards and up. Sorry, I know it's a poor explanation, but there is a name for them, but I can't think of... The only car I can think that has them is McLaren's. Yeah. Uh, and on yeah. the rear, it's got... It's just the same but reversed. Yeah, like a suicide door. No, no, it's exactly the same but reversed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like a suicide oh, door. Oh, yeah. Because right, yeah. it opens backwards, yeah. but then it also flies up into the air. Yeah, which is good. That's not making sure. I saw someone getting into a the back of a Tesla Model X earlier. Just oh, on the, just on the, the, wings, the one that's the got back. the gold wings. Yeah. But it, they, it's, it's weird because if you're in a tight space, they can sort of fold in on themselves as they go out. Oh, So yes. they can basically go adversely. Yeah. I just thought to myself, as as I was watching them get into this car, just on the side of the road, on a fairly nice street, because it was opposite my work, 
just thought, wow, you look so pretentious. Yeah, this is the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Like, because the front door opens Normally. like a door. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and the, then back. the back door just opens like you're some sort of aircraft carrier. And the, the bigger problem for me is, is that it's a fairly normal-ish plain-looking SUV. Yeah, it's a nice-looking car. Yeah, yeah. But until that happens, and yeah. then you're like, oh, right, okay, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like If it was, again, Mercedes SLS, which had similar doors, that's fine. Because... Well, it's, it's designed to be like that. If you, I mean, ha- if you had a Tiguan, yeah, it, you wouldn't want gold wings on no, a Tiguan. Which is the thing, isn't it? When you've got a fairly normalish bland car, you don't really want something quite really extreme on it because it make, it brings attention yeah. to any one aspect of it. <laughs> when you've got an extreme car, do what you like. Lamborghini going, our doors should open uh, horizontal. Uh, sorry, vertically. Our doors should open under the car. Yes, and people are just like, yeah, I mean, to be honest... When you've got a screaming V12 out the back. I don't care how the door opens. Yeah, the, the door could fly off. It could literally be an ejection door. Just, oh, I need to go yeah. buy a new one. You, you'll get away with it. But when it's fairly mild-looking SUV, I'm not quite sure. Cool as a marketing thing, but I don't know how long it would take you for you to tire of that. Yeah. Especially That's if you were getting yeah. young children in and out the back of it. It just becomes... I mean, it's good that they've got the system so you can open it in the car park if you're parked. Yeah, it's great I don't for, know how tight you if you're can be parked, parked too yeah, yeah. before it won't open, but... It's good that they've got that and they haven't just stuck it on there as a gimmick and gone, well, now you can't open your doors. No. That's the, that's but it. still, I just think it's a bit much on... I know, it's a, well, no, it wasn't a Tesla podcast, but I just saw it earlier and just made me think of it. Uh, are we coming back to me for, for news? Huh? Well, I would hope so. Now, I want to talk about something completely different and it's something that's been on the desk and that Sam's uh, probably not noticed yet. It's a book that I've started reading. Oh, okay. It's not one of my ones. So I've, don't worry, Sam, oh, you, I haven't... You've, you've levered it into view. Yes, of for the, the for for the, uh, for the YouTubing, camera. but it's 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 not yeah. As I say, I'm, I'll promote that person. I don't know. I'll have to get their their name up. Oh, I had it on Sam. Me. You can do it. Stephen Bailey. And the name of the book? The Age of Combustion. Yeah, it, it, quite a big available hefty. now at all good bookstores. Well, yeah, I don't actually know. I got it off Amazon. I, I well, if it's available on Amazon, I imagine it's available in all good bookstores. Yeah, probably. I don't know although, why. I, although your books are available on Amazon, they're not. Yeah, they're yeah. bookstores or oh, bad I, bookstores. <laughs> I was waiting for the uh, kicking the shins for that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think you missed the end of the kicking in the shins. <laughs> no, I managed to speak over that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll repeat it just again. They're not available in good bookstores <laughs> or bad ones. <laughs> Even charity shops, I know, aren't stocking yours. It's one of those ones that's got quite large pictures in it. Oh, okay. It's obviously yeah. quite wordy and, and everything else, but as you'd expect from a book, from, as you'd expect <laughs> from a book, and especially something like this, which seems to cover off. I've been too nice to you for the last few podcasts. I've realised yeah, I haven't been taking the mic as much. Yeah. It just, it's quite interesting because it is covering that off, that thing of the age of combustion. Yeah. It doesn't quite get as new as I, I maybe wanted it to. But that's fair because when someone speaks about something they know about and then they have to stretch what yeah, they don't know about. Yeah, you'd rather they just stay to what they... Stay what they, yeah. you know, and just say, look, this is as far as I can take you. If you want to go newer than this, then, then well, do so. Well, hopefully it would inspire... I think the whole point of books like that is they would inspire you to do your own research. Yeah. So you'd read that and you think, well, actually, I'll look up into this aspect Absolutely. of something from my time period. And th- this is something that we've talked about. We've talked about on the podcast many a times. And I think one of the ways I'm trying to differentiate us at the Miles Driven to just the motor and press, media, everyone who, who does anything about cars is, yes, we're doing a car show. Yes, yeah. it is. It does have a fundamental background of cars. But... Actually, we're talking more about the passion of cars and yeah. trying to get as many people involved in that conversation. And there's no judgment here. You can drive, and Sam and I would have a great conversation if you did. You could drive an old 1.6 Ford Focus yeah. that has a dent in every door and every panel, yeah. and it's got an engine with 200,000 miles on it. And we'd still want to actually you know, involve you in the miles-driven 
Yeah, as because, long as you, you know, it, it's not it's not a stipulation to be part of our little group, but it would be handy if you did drive, unlike the uh, the leader of our fair society. <laughs> well, I do drive. I just haven't got a car at the moment. Yeah, difficult to drive without a car though. A bit um, like trying to get a flight home without a plane. Yes. <laughs> Sounds easy jet experience, still hanging on to him. Well, there. I was just going to say, we do, we do like to talk about cars. Sometimes we'll chuck in the old plane news or yeah, something yeah. else that we've seen yeah. going about. But... but this is the thing, I think too much now, especially because of the way car media has evolved. So everyone knows about Top Gear and the three known yeah. presenters. And then they left what was nearly a decade ago now. I know that'll be... That's some hard, isn't it? <laughs> some people will hear that and they'll be like, no. And then they'll check up and I'm pretty, pretty sure... It was either 13 or 14 was the, was the last series. Wow. And I think they started on Amazon in like 15 or 16. Wow. So just to make that, you know, that, that's the gap. But in that time, what's filled that space has been obviously new Top Gear mm-hmm. um, shows with, with new presenters and a lot of YouTube and media that didn't exist previously sort of trying to fill that space. Some of it's worked, some of it hasn't. Some of it's gone more towards the sort of wheeler dealers type fix them up selling yeah. that's become very popular. And I think on our side, we're just sort of saying, well, some people are bookworms and they're not they're not that interested in what they drive. I'm trying to remind people, well, if you if we had a, a miles driven sort of car meet and someone turned up in, I say, you know, anything, just anything with wheels and said, hey, do you know what? I'm not really that into cars, but I, I'm, I'm interested in engines. You know, just got a genuine interest in them. I don't need to drive something that's particularly fast. Or I'm not particularly interested in cars, but I like just what you guys talk about because it isn't just confined to a car conversation. Yeah. And that's why sometimes we do pop in a bit of aviation, a bit of Sam's holiday and off in Amsterdam and things like that. Because it, to me, it's important. We'll be able to do Mexico at some point. We will. Yeah. And or wherever when I, you go on honeymoon. Whenever eventually. I eventually go on my honeymoon. Yeah. I said that to my partner. I said, uh, you do need to book that. And she said, yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Eastbourne with the miles driven. Yes. <laughs> it's gone to an old person's home. Um, but, but no, I just wanted to get that across because I think it, I, I've been hearing a few things about some very well-known uh, car media shows and I wouldn't say celebrities, people who are known for it. When, I don't want to call yeah. them influencers because I think that's a term that's just been created. Well, it's it's, a, it's a negative term as well. It's used in a pejorative way. Yeah. yeah. It's sort of, so... To me, I want to sort of separate that off and say that people are doing their thing with cars, and I understand that's their thing. They want to do a mm-hmm. car show that's limited to cars because that's where they feel most comfortable. With us, I'm, you know, we, we'll have a conversation with a barn door. Yeah, the but the thing is, we will stretch into other stuff, and I know we usually bring it back to aviation, but there will be the odd time that we will and, we will talk for a while stuff. about. No, but that's what I mean. Just that you said aviation. I just wanted to make it clear. And automotive. Yeah, but what I'm saying is there will be times that we will drift off to aviation talk. Mm. And we're not just going to be solely we have to talk about cars. I get your point. It's stuff that moves. Stuff that moves, yeah. There might be a a time we end up talking about boats. Yeah, actually, there's a a few interesting conversations. I'm still looking up on some of the info from the one at work, but we did say we were going to do a little bit on on the the episode on tractors. Oh, yeah, we're waiting for Sam's red tractor. What's going on? Yeah, we'll get that, but I think maybe we should evolve that a little bit and maybe you can do some research on a tractor Yeah, and I'll do some research on our tractor and another one and we'll just have a a 20-minute top trumps of tractors just for a laugh. The tractor chat. Yeah. (laughs) We'll only do it as a segment because I think if we did it as a whole whole podcast, we'd only have one listener left. Yeah. That's, that's fair. But no, I just, as I say, I think it's one of those um, aspects of motoring press 
that's coming out more and more is yeah. that there's the there's the well established ones mm-hmm. which we all know and have heard of. There's the new ones which are doing their own thing, and I'm just to anyone that's listening who's new or who's listening for a long time, they'll probably already know it. Sam and I are sort of trying to sit somewhere in the middle of saying, look, we understand. And I think what was great about the older Top Gear was they did, for example, trips across Europe where, yeah, they were giving each other a bit of a a hard time, but you felt like you were going on a journey. Yeah. And what I realised, Sam and I are probably both very similar of, some people live their lives by the destination. Mm -hmm. That's what they're really focused in on. They want to go somewhere, get there, enjoy there and come back. You and I, I think have always talked about the journey. How, how are we oh, going to yeah, get definitely. there? And that's what brings us Most into... the things that happen on the journey. Because that's the story. I mean, my, my two favourite parts, if we're going to quickly talk about Top Gear, of the old Top Gear, yeah. were from the same one, actually. Yeah. It's the Africa special. Yes. There's a bit where Richard Hammond's driving and he looks, that, he, looks, he looks really... Ha- no, 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 not that one. The one where they just go either. across Africa. Yeah, I'm trying to think if they that They have a with... Subaru a mercedes and a volvo were they still doing top gear or was that the grand no that was top gear okay Um, okay and there's a bit of richard hammond's driving just so happily and he just crashes into a ditch randomly yeah in the subaru and then there's the other bit which i know my partner for is her she's never been into top gear as much Mm -hmm. but she's seen all the clips and she's watched all the specials yeah and this is by far including the grand tour her funniest moment if you don't you'll remember it when i start speaking about it yeah clarkson's handbrake fails on the Africa special, uh, yeah. and he attaches a log to the back of the car. Yes, and he says, "I will just tow it along." And then he says, and then he stops. He says, he reverses it on. He says, and then I simply set off, and then he drives off in the car, and he's just sitting there going, "Oh yes, today's going to be a good day." And then all you hear is boom, 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 as it flips up as and the smashes back the window. window goes, and then yeah. the two other boys come over and they look at it. They look up at him. They look at the floor. They look at the window, and then they both just crack up and just fall on the floor. Yeah. But for me to remember that, couldn't tell you which country they were in at the time. No, I can't remember. I say they're in Africa because I know it's the Africa special because I've searched yeah. it so many times to yeah. find that bit. But that's part of the journey. You remember the bits of the journey as opposed to I think oh they is... were driving from Basildon to Glasgow. I think this is, a, and particularly if I talk, you know, when, when we've talked about my travels, wherever I've been and lived and place like that, mm-hmm. it's never, the stories I have about being in Australia, and I haven't really covered many of them off on the podcast, but they will come up in time. Yeah. Uh, the best ones by far are some of the stuff where I ended up going somewhere and how I got there and why I went there and stuff like that. Yeah. That's actually the enjoyable bit that everyone can sort of have a laugh at or they'll enjoy or it's interesting. Telling people... Oh, I went, you know, somewhere and uh, got there and I saw this. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, they've heard of it. Yeah, you know, the, the, the example I have in my head was when I was in Canada, I went to Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, it's one of those parts that everyone's heard of Niagara Falls, pretty much. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I really should drive out from Toronto and go and see. Uh, and uh, I thought, well, I'll rent a vehicle. And being me, <laughs> I thought, what could I rent? And I thought, well, realistically... I could rent a small sedan hatchback for cheap. Yeah. Or I could rent a Dodge Ram 1500, <laughs> which will not fit in the parking space that I've been allocated by the kind person that I'm staying. Well, I say kind person. It was an Airbnb. She was an older <laughs> woman who was doing sort of like a, the old style B&B type thing. Oh, okay, where she yeah. just has a spare room. It's not like a hotel, but she, I say B&B. Kind of, I'm I'm thinking of like old school B&B where you sort of just turned up and it was like a travel house. Okay. 
you know, it, like it was just someone's house and they were renting out the rooms and you had usually quite a nice but strict uh, sort of landlady there. And yeah. she was that classic type. It was brilliant staying there with her. But she said, look, there is a p- car parking space. And she said, I don't drive anymore, mainly because uh, she liked to get high. Okay. A lot, <laughs> a lot. I, I, when I'd been there two days, and she said that to me, she said, "Look, I, I hope you don't mind, but if you smell drugs from my room, it is just weed." And I was, and I just sort of nodded. I was sort of like, "Yeah, okay, fine, fair enough." And then just sort, I thought maybe she just does it on a Friday night, and it was like Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. I went out to go and put a particular part of Toronto, and I just walked past the gardening area, and there she is with a friend and. Yeah, off they go. But anyway, <laughs> trying to fit that Dodge Ram in a car parking space yeah. would be a better story than telling you about when I got to Niagara Falls. Yeah, and yeah how it looked and all because that sort of stuff. The, one of the, the funniest part was is that I, I got it in the space. She told me there's no chance you'll get a pickup truck. You know, she knows over there, really, a pickup truck is a, is a big, yeah, big vehicle. Big, yeah. Then that you, you know, I couldn't have, maybe I could have got my hands on a Hilux. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it was going to be an F-150 or a Dodge Ram. Yeah. And when I turned up, and even I realised my optimism may soon be in check as I began to reverse and realised that I'll either hit the wall in front of me as I turn or the wall behind me. And I can pick which one, but I can't hit either. (laughs) And in the end, I left it in the corner of like a car park that was next to her. And I said, do you think they'll get checked? She said, yes, you'll get a ticket there. Partly. Because it gets a ticket, uh, there's a ticket officer comes around every morning around eight o'clock because that's when workers turn up. Mm-hmm. She said, but primarily because you are parked along two spaces. <laughs> <laughs> because the the parking space was quite short, and the only way to get it in the parking space was to park diagonally. Oh, okay. Otherwise, I genuinely, I think I would have been blocking it so much that you would have struggled to get another vehicle past it. <laughs> So I said, okay, that's fine. I'm going to go out at 6 a.m. in the morning, which I had to do. I did one of the few times in my life, fortunately, I'd gone there and they are behind us. Yeah, okay. Time wise. Yeah. So if it's 11 o'clock in the morning here, it's 6 a.m. there. Yeah. And so when I had to go at 6 a.m., I hadn't been there that long. It didn't feel like such a challenge. Yeah. Although, you know, it was, <laughs> I think, December at this point and there was an absolute chill. And yeah, managed to get the thing going. What was even better was. After having my nice day at Niagara Falls and seeing stuff, I went back to this truck, which I was not willing to pay for parking anywhere. Yeah, obviously. So I had parked uh, just shy of a mile from, (laughs) of course, (laughs) on this sort of strip of dirt land. Oh, yeah, I've seen a picture of that. (laughs) Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just parked it there and I thought, well, that's fine. I want to see a bit about the place anyway. Shockingly, when you're going into the depths of winter at Niagara Falls and it's a a weekday, there wasn't exactly a lot on the walk there. Got back to it and had one of those just melting melting pots in your mind where you think, I know how to release the handbrake on this truck. Yeah. But I have just done it and it is not working. And so, <laughs> so it has a foot handbrake. You know the ones where it's a yeah, little yeah. pedal off to the side right uh-huh. up in the... And so I pressed it down a little bit. And what I was expecting is some of them, you press them down and then you give them another press and they release. Yeah. So you sort of press them a certain amount of way and then you put pressure on them and they'll ping back up. So I'm there and I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. And then I'm basically standing on this <laughs> handbrake and realising I am stuck because this handbrake is now welded on. And yeah. 
if I can't move with a handbrake <laughs> this far on, panicked yeah. for a moment. It's minus 15. Is it's it just, yeah. just beginning to snow. It's <laughs> pitch black and I am nowhere near anywhere. <laughs> Only to realise about three or... I mean, I was genuinely at the point where I was like, I'm, you know, I can get underneath and maybe I could, you know, snap the handbrake cable, but mm-hmm. I haven't got any tools to do it. And I really, really don't want to do that. Not without a load, you know, basically a garage mm-hmm. of equipment to do it. I'm thinking of all these stupid ideas that I could do to fix it. And then just in the back of my mind, somewhere says some vehicles have a handbrake release that you pull up underneath the underside of the dash. <laughs> And I found a handle. Well, it's either the bonnet or it's the thing. Pulled it. This this lever went flying up. I'd put so much pressure on it. When the handbrake yeah. released, it nearly threw me out of the car. <laughs> and off I went on my journey home. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, it, 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 just one of those things of, you know, without that journey, I would have never experienced those little things. So yeah. the, the fact I could tell you a 15-minute story about being in Niagara Falls, but... You'd be like, oh yeah, so you saw, yeah, you saw Niagara Falls. I've seen it on YouTube and TV, yeah, and exactly, you know, I several times. I couldn't tell you really anything new. I could no. say how I got lost walking around the place and then found myself, and then it was cold. Yeah. But you'd be like, oh yeah, oh, that's interesting. But well, it's good that you found yourself at Niagara Falls. I did. It's good. Yes, it's always nice to have life. I had a moment of a <laughs> <laughs> moment of clarity. Yes, but uh, just just one of those funny stories. And then you know, off I went and drove back. The the worst part by far of having that truck was not the fact it didn't fit anywhere and it was probably a stupid decision but it was the fuel economy mixed with the fuel gauge that they had given you know when you rent a car mm-hmm. and all you want is them to give it you on a full tank yeah because then you can give it back with a full tank you haven't yeah. got to guess how much fuel you've got to put in it yeah well i'd driven all over the place i went out to algonquin i went sort of you know all around toronto i went down to Niagara falls and i kept on putting fuel in but i didn't know how the big the tank was yeah and I wasn't willing to ever fill it up. No, obviously. Because I, well, obviously I didn't want to bail $50 out of fuel by the time I handed it in. So I was sort of putting in $40, $50 at a time, which is a stupid idea in a Dodge Ram. Because yeah. you put $40 worth of fuel in and then need to stop again during your journey. And you yeah. put in another $40. In. And when I was coming to the end of that journey, I was like, oh, it's, it, they'd given me it just above half. Oh, okay. <laughs> So you're desperately trying to balance what's just above half. I don't know how big the tank is. Maybe it's 100 litres. Okay, well, I need to put in 50 litres. How much is in it? I've got no idea. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know the car well enough to really know this information. And uh, I stopped three times on the way to give it back, and I gave (laughs) up. I gave up trying to get the needle in the right place. I was like, do you know what? (laughs) They can just... they can. It's not going to be right, whatever I do. Yeah. So they're going to charge me either way, which, of course, they did. Sixteen dollars. I was very upset about. Oh, you're close then. No, I was. I was getting closer and closer yeah. every time I went to fill it up. I just, <laughs> I wasn't willing to go sod it and put fifty quid in because, or fifty dollars in. So I was like, well, that's fifty dollars I've lost. Yeah, precisely. And by the end of the journey, I was so annoyed with my own decision <laughs> because I, I, I was, I was in the centre of Toronto. Yeah, I wasn't on the outskirts, which would have been a, a better idea for a truck. I was in the centre, and so when I was having to return it. To the tiny city rental yeah, place. Yeah, he's just struggling to move it around. Out of hours. And they've given me a code. And it's, I say, it's pitch black. It's snowing. I'm trying to remember the code for the gate. Then they said, okay, you can only park. If you park out of hours, you have to park in these spaces. And I can't remember what space it was. And then I realized that none of the spaces that I thought it was would fit this thing. Yeah. Not unless I just parked across all of them. So, yeah, it was... Um, but it's all about... 
yeah. the, the journey, sure the that. experience. Yeah. Uh, just so I hope for for anyone who's listening to us, and as our YouTube side develops to more of, than just us in the studio, people will say that we're sort of planning to do more journey stuff. So we will review cars, and we will sort of give our impressions of them and and what people and whether you should go for it or not. But I don't really want to do it as a a ten minutes with a car. Here's what we think. No. Go and buy it. I'd rather say, okay, we've got this vehicle. Uh, I don't want to blow it up. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> that's the other thing you see. You know, on any side. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to buy this old thing and we're going to blow it up. Oh. I was quite interested in the car, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah you've yeah. blown it up. So I'd rather do something like, I wonder if this thing can make it this far. Yeah. <laughs> type of things. I've got a couple of ideas that I haven't shared with Sam yet because I know all of them. He's, he'll be terrified of the idea of what I'm proposing. Oh, any idea you come up with. Yes. And then he'll he'll sit there one day, either in the driver's seat or the passenger seat, of whatever vehicle I've decided we're going to do this in. And he'll be looking at his phone, messaging his possibly wife or even or fiance, whatever time it is, thinking to himself, life really has taken me in a direction I didn't <laughs> think it would. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I think... People are starting to come more and more towards the podcast and listen to it more, and I thought we should probably just define ourselves a little bit clearer. Yeah, I think that's fair. Well, yeah, just especially because at the end of the day, we're still automotive. We're still going to talk about cars. We still like cars. Yeah. But if people want to talk about things around the car subject, like we often will talk about planes, Mm -hmm. um, Sam will talk about fuel prices no end. He he arrived to this podcast today. Yeah. And the first thing he said to me is... It wasn't hello. No, it was, have you seen the fuel prices at your local fuel station? Because it's ridiculous. Because we're not going into that. (laughs) No, but it had gone up 10 pence in in, a week. In a week. So Sam was very upset. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) You digress. I digress. (laughs) That, I didn't actually have anything else for this podcast, Sam. So unless you do... No, I I wanted to speak about that um, Polestar. The Polestar We did that. Yeah, it's just, just a shame to me they don't have a price on it yet. I'd, I'd like yeah, to well, know... Yeah, hopefully when we get towards more towards October, then they'll, they'll announce more stuff, yeah. so we'll revisit it I just a think of months. The, the one thing for me would be, if they're going to go into that segment, which, let's face it, has got loads and loads of cars and lots of competition. Yeah. And as we talked about at the start of this podcast, hopefully, in time, we'll get more answers to really whether that's what people should be buying. Because if a, if a hatchback will do the job, maybe buying a two-tonne, small suv yeah isn't the way isn't the way and, and possibly it's even worse and if it's even worse I'll, I'll be really upset with it because as far as as far as we hear in the in the motoring side of things this is all better and better answers and we're asking our questions but at the same time we're not going to be a skeptic and just go into no, everything no, of course not no otherwise it would be well, it'd be depressing for listeners every time we talked about something new yeah. oh, this is a terrible idea because sam and i with no real knowledge of what yeah. the company are doing are just going to say it that would yeah so we don't want to be too downhearted about it. But on the other side, when you find out certain things, you do start to think, hold on a minute. That doesn't, that seems like a partial answer. Yeah. But you must just know the full problem. Just saying what people want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, maybe that will change in time. But we'll see well, how it goes. So. Thanks for listening, everyone. I think we mentioned it in the last podcast, but we've got the website if you want to just have a browse on there. Um, next episode. 50th. Big, party woo big 50th episode yes <laughs> sam's ringing his bell <laughs> well that sounds dodgy let's yeah. not say that well I, sh- I will not cut that <laughs> um that's the one we we said it before we've been saving up listener questions yes so we'll probably predominantly do listener questions sam you would be promising our polish listeners yep 
which are growing in number. Good. Uh, but you've been promising them a sentence, so yep. I, I hope you'll be arriving with it next time. I'm sure I will. And I said, what was the other thing we wanted to do for the 50th? We'll probably do a most trader story or something if we okay. got time, because there'll be a yeah. lot of questions. Because I say we haven't. Yeah, we'll see how we go in with time and with stuff. time. Yeah. So, um, but thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, thanks for if you've watched any bit of this on YouTube and you're enjoying YouTube, by all means, just give us a like. Um, yeah, I've said before you can subscribe to the podcast. I didn't know that, but now you can do subscriptions to podcasts. Not okay. it's not a paid thing. You just yeah hit a button and then you'll get a notification every time we release. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone knows you can do that with YouTube because every single YouTuber in the history of man yeah, has said the word subscribe at yeah, the end. So I won't, I won't jump down that <laughs> one. But uh, I'll let Sam do the outro, actually, because I've done a lot of talking for this one. So, okay, well, thanks for listening, and we shall see you on the next one. See you, everyone.